Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livinio to Levi. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello, folks, and good summer, great summer. It's finally upon us, and it seems to me that the heat wave has hit Scandinavia. It's really hot all over, at least in my home country, Finland, where I'm located. Uh, it's the record temperatures. It's been really a nice summer, and we continue with our podcast series, formerly known as Livigno to Levi, but of course we have a new calendar, new season is coming up, so now we call this Usha to Levi. And I'm your host, Teemu Virtanen, and I have a really great guest today, three-time Vasa Lopet winner Oskar Svad, and he has a new team, new pro team, a really a tough one, six great athletes in his team and he's ready to rumble uh, come a new season good to have you on our show uh, oscar i know that you are in small and somewhere there and i know that it's really warm out there isn't it yes uh, thank you to being here i'm in smallland in eko in my hometown where i have lived uh, last year since i stopped the my ski career and also when I did my ski career during the summertime, April to October and then I live up in the north uh, during the winters. But uh, Eko is a really good uh, small city uh, and I'm happy to be here and it's warm outside. We have the week before we start the training camp that was 34.5 degrees of shown uh, <laughs> temperature but during the training camp we have about 25 so it was uh, amazing weather. Uh, and also your team carries the name, correct? It's your hometown's name. Yes, that's uh, our um, name sponsor, uh, Ekohus, and we are then Team Ekohus, and that's a building, a house building company uh, in Eko, and it's a family uh, company. And they have started in a small, smaller business, and 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 now they are a, a quite a big house company, especially in in this area, of course, but also in the whole of Sweden. And they are selling also houses in Norway a little bit, and also in Germany. And I know that it's an, as you mentioned, an old company. It's a family business, fourth generation. I think they started like 1944, something like that. It's been around for a long time. Yes, and uh, it was uh, the meaning that we have this uh, first uh, training camp in Eko that we have uh, meet the two CIO um, Frida and Oscar, and uh, they have uh, one um, part where they are building like uh, normal houses <laughs> uh, where you where you live in uh, and uh, where you build a house in a more normal way, and then they have one module part where you. Uh, in the company put the house nearly nearly finished and just put it on car, um, um, trailers and go out and then they have like some days and then the house is ready so that's two different way to build the house houses and they they are about 250 persons person in the company 
And now they are supporting you guys. So they are uh, eagerly stepping into the Visma Ski Classics arena. Yes, uh, they are... Um sport and healthy living uh, is a very important part of the company uh, they have been um, they are helping all um, clubs in the area uh, which have children activity uh, and uh, they have also been in uh, a lot of different kind of sport events during the last year and they was on the winter studio last year um, as a presentator company uh, and um, Oscar Lindon one of the CIO he had done the veteran done together with me in fact he's a really good biker and a hunter also but biker and he we was doing the veteran and is 300 kilometer in seven hour and 39 minutes so um, and uh, that's the most famous bike race in Sweden in this uh, in a Swedish classicer with uh, Vasaloppet and uh, Vettenrundan, Vansprosimingen and leading Loppet. So uh, Oscar is very well, well trained and uh, yes, they, they, um, they, um, they can see what uh, training uh, doing with people and uh, they want to have a- 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 active people in the company. So it seems to me that you have a really good backup there and a good company behind it. I mean, you're gonna next we're gonna talk about your team. You just, as you mentioned, finished a, a training camp, uh, and we're gonna evaluate all the t- team members individually, and then eventually talk about you. I know you're still active. You're not ski racing that much anymore, but you're 44 years old and you're still going strong. So that'll be next. So Oscar, your team, you guys had a training camp last week that was your first one so let's talk about that a little bit what did you guys do what kind of trainings and what was your first impression of the team working together uh, we have uh, decided to uh, do the training camp in Eko because we want to meet our name sponsor uh, Ekohus and uh, we have also decided this training camp should be um, learning each other and uh, um, get information about Ekos uh, that will be a little bit on the focus and uh, of course we are have training uh, good uh, but maybe not so much as we can do in uh, autumn when we have no, nothing else than training to think about so but uh, I have lived here in Eko for many years and uh, I have tried to show them uh, all the best uh, training parts uh, like for uh, running and uh, roller skiing and we have also one day with mountain biking in really nice uh, path. Eko uh, is quite famous for the mountain bike and uh, a lot of tracks that you can choose between. Uh, and for the roller skiing in south we don't have so many high mountains <laughs> but uh, it's it's called the uh, Smallland Highlands here, and it we have some small uh, hills up and down, so there is some uphills and downhills. Uh, and when you make a session about 80, 90, 100 kilometer, then there will be quite much uh, high meters anyway. And what did you guys do? What kind of trainings? Uh, could you share a little? Yeah, light on that? we we start up with a long uh, roller ski session Monday, ninety two kilometer. I think it was uh, like uh, five hour, uh, and then um, Tuesday we have running uh, 
out to one of the famous um, tourist place here, Skuregata and Skurehat. So that was running about 35 uh, kilometer. And then we have some um, maximum uh, strange training in the afternoon. And then uh, Wednesday we did a four hour mountain bike uh, trip. Um, and then uh, Thursday we have some roller ski intervals in Nesjö on the roller ski track there. It's uh, 18 kilometers here from Eksjö. And then once again some strange training in the afternoon. Then Friday a new long running on our uh, uh, single tracks uh, here in, um, uh, in, in the city. Like it is a 15 kilometer track. We did it two times and a little bit more. So that was even more 35 kilometer. And then we end up uh, Saturday with a 85 kilometer roller ski. With, uh, uh, we did um, easy, some easy part, but also in this one, uh, some hard part, both, both in uphills and uh, really fast in the end, uh, 10 times 3 minutes with 1 minute rest between. So, And we tried to have, uh, we split up a little bit in two groups and in some trainings where we did the roller ski, the girls was using a little bit easier wheels and we was quite much together. I was going to ask you about that, you know, how do you, in, in, a, in a group session like that, how do you make sure that everybody stays intact and in, in the group? And also, I guess the first training that you guys had, the first long, long, was that kind of an easier one that you kind of just had a little bit of feel? Yeah, it, we, we start with a quite easy training, and but when you're out five hour and 92 kilometer rolling skiing, it's the time, and when it's 25, 27 degrees, it means that you need a lot of uh, water and energy and so on. So it was, even if the, the pulse was not, not so high, it was even quite hard anyway. So um, we... Um, and I was biking uh, together with them and make, taking some uh, film uh, movies for the Technic and uh, Espen, the sport uh, chef, uh, the sport director in the team, he was driving the car with water and uh, extra roller skis and pools and so on. So uh, it was uh, really good and I also bring in some friends here from for as guides in the both running sessions and the roller ski sessions. So we have... Uh, um, people to know the, the the way the whole week and now what is your impression of the team now you, you saw everybody together working together sort of your first first feeling oh, it, it's quite uh, um, it's not so easy to say after one training camp but the head Hedda uh, Lynn and uh, Morten, I know uh, especially Morten very well from ten years, uh, the last 10 years. And uh, Hedda and Lynn, uh, a little bit from last year, I was helping uh, them with a little bit training and also technique uh, in the, the, in the um, Nordic athlete team. And, uh, but uh, Axel Jutteström and uh, Carolina Hedenström and uh, Ari Lusua is new people for me. And... Uh, I have started learning them and we have had uh, individual um, meetings with everybody, Espen and I. And yeah, I think we are know more about them and I hope that we can learn them even more in the future. And uh, for me and Espen, it's important to do it. And uh, 
serve them as well as we can and give them the best possible um, what should you say uh, possible way to uh, make good results in in the winter and we will talk about uh, each member of your team and also you guys uh, a little bit uh, in, in more detail but Let's talk about you as a as a, as a sports uh, the team a leader uh, there. This is a bit of a new thing for you. Uh, how does it feel to be running a team like that, where you are not focusing on your own personal performance anymore? Uh, in fact, the year 2014-15, I was uh, team director for Team Coop uh, my last year in, in the team, and then I was also competing. Uh, I had uh, then Katja Boner as a, uh, who helped me also, so I know uh, a little bit about uh, much, <laughs> most of the of, of the what you need to do uh, and uh, so on. But now I have. Now I have uh, Espen Treldal as my um, uh, helper and we are doing this uh, together so we have split up uh, what he is doing and what I am doing and uh, we also are now ready with uh, one of the our headwaxer Fredrik André and um, I think things goes uh, for the moment very well uh, we have so far uh, a good uh, responsible from persons we are talking about and uh, I'm quite clear about the way I want to work with the, with the team uh, and uh, I think also that let's uh, understand this and uh, that we and agree and uh, that we can do this uh, together I mean there is no matter uh, if I work very very hard, Espen work very very hard, and we give the athletes uh, or everything. Uh, if they are not training, if they are doing not the right things, then around it's not only about the training. There will be no results anyway. So we need to do this together, help each other, learn from each other, and I think um, as you start this um, broadcast with that we have a good mix with my experience. Uh, Morten and Morten Ada Pedersen's experience from the just the long distance skiing, uh, and then we have a um, high level in in uh, some more athletes from different kind of uh, competing, and uh, I think together we can make something good. That's the big goal. And Timekos, this is a five year uh, work together with them. So there is not hurry that we need to be the best team the coming winter. We will not be the best team the coming winter, but in three years, the goal is to be up there in, and fight with the absolutely best teams. That's a really good and hefty, a hefty goal. Uh, I assume that all these athletes, they have their individual coaches or they train on their own. But how do you, as a team leader, coordinate that? Uh, and do you do the programs for the uh, training camps? Or how does that work? When they go out and start training on their own, yeah, um, all the athletes in the team have the possibility if they want to have me as the personal trainer, um, and uh, some of them have choose to have it, and uh, some of them have uh, some other trainers. And uh, uh, the plan now is that I will coordinate with the other trainers uh, a little bit uh, between the training camps, and then in the training camps. I do the 
plan for the training and uh, together with Morten Ede Pedersen who is the, our um, team captain uh, for the athletes uh, and then uh, everybody is training uh, the program we are putting up otherwise it's no idea to have the training camps of course if you have some injury or there is something you uh, not can do you can choose alternative training Oh, and also, of course, the speed is uh, is different depending if you are one of the best men athlete in the world or if you are a, a rookie uh, who just have started the, 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 this uh, way to be a good athlete. So, but the training camps, uh, there we are doing all the training together. So the training camps, uh, this was your first one. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, the the future in terms of the other training camps and what have you planned towards the end of the year and then of course the season but before the season starts yes we have a, a little bit uh, summer period and each athlete can train uh, at home by herself and be with the family and so on now and then we will go to Blink uh, festival in the beginning of August and we will also take part in Allianz Loppet in the last weekend in August uh, and then we are working with the program for the autumn it's nearly clear but not 100% but we will have uh, training camps like one week nearly every month uh, until uh, uh, December when we Start the season in in uh, the long distance season in the Vismaski Classic season in Usha. And let's talk about that season a little bit. Uh, it's a new calendar, new season, completely different. Uh, Fifteen races, uh, twelve weekends, quite a lot. But how do you, as a former athlete, what's your opinion or feel to it? How how do you what do you think about the season? Uh, there is many nice races and uh, I think it's fun with some new races on the tour uh, and then it will we will see after the season if it's uh, if it's a good program or if it's too many races uh, I think I have I was in the long distance scheme and the fifth uh, marathon cup was and uh, then some year it was too many races and people start um, not making any races and then was a little bit gambling that in the end of the season what kind of race have you done which athletes have been on this competition to to when you make the total uh, and then i don't like this i i i want all the best athletes in all races then it's better to have 12 races instead of 15 that everybody doing everyone but we will see if everybody is doing 15 races, then it's good. And uh, some of the races, not long distance races, they are shorter races and not so hard as a 50, 70, 90 kilometer race. So we, we will see. Um, it will be tough with so many races in row uh, in January and also in the end of the season. But the athletes are good trained <laughs> and uh, they are training the whole summer and the whole autumn for this so i hope it will be um, uh, good for them and a good uh, tour speaking of those short races of the prologues uh, what's your uh, personal opinion about short races like that we know why we do them they're prologues they're in the early part of the season 
uh, they're also kind of a platform for uh, many teams to show the athletes and, and so forth. Uh, but you as a former athlete, what do you think about the short events or short races that we have in a calendar? Yeah, I was uh, winning the first team competition together with Team Coop, and I think that is an uh, amazing uh, way to compete uh, together uh, with both men and boys. And uh, I maybe, as you know, like biking a lot, <laughs> and, uh, and this uh, uh, way to have competition is fun. And then I hope for the, the individual pro prologue, individual short competition, that uh, we can, uh, at least will be a, a good way to show up. And I think it's fun with some new thing. And I hope that the... the 15 kilometer prologue will be an apple uh, race. Uh, it's possible to have it because in that area, but um, we will see. Uh, not everything is set yet about this. And the uh, two double uh, uh, long, uh, long distance races was in Volodalen, and I think it went out well. So, uh, yeah, I think there is no problem to have races like in 45, 50 kilometer uh, Saturday side, Sunday. And there's a good variety. We have uh, short distances, different type of races, and we have two really long ones, of course, Barcelona 90K and the Odefes Lopet 100K race that turn out to be the favorite, you know, among the uh, uh, among our athletes. So definitely there's a good mixture of, of kind of both, best of both worlds, uh, so to speak. But next, let's talk about uh, your team members individually. We go through them one by one and you get to tell us about sort of your your feeling uh, about them uh, and you mentioned that you know some of them quite well some you don't uh, as well but at least based on the, the the training camp that you guys had you have some kind of an idea so that will be next for us to talk about six athletes in your team and then three guys behind the scenes uh, we will talk about uh, you guys as well you being one of them as the team leader but let's start with the um, the captain as you mentioned uh, Modnade Pedersen we all know him podium skier uh, really good Jiseska Peresatka uh, racer he has won the race three times I think and he's uh, a solid performer is most likely, I assume, fighting for the uh, yellow bib next season as a former uh, uh, champion, the climb champion. So what do you want to say about him? 33 years old, still going strong. Modnade Pedersen. Yes, uh, <laughs> David Nilsson and I bring Modnade Pedersen to... Uh, our team uh, 2012 uh, and uh, since then he have been a friend of me and uh, I'm impressed uh, always about the hard work he's doing every year training a lot and uh, stay on the high level uh, the whole time um, and uh, when he won his first uh, Jeserska Padesatka and his first uh, Vismasi Classic races was quite uh, it was very, very fun, and, and um, I hope he can win more races in the future. And uh, um, uh, last year uh, he had was um, 
not alone, but there was no athletes on the same level as him in, in, in the team. And that means that uh, uh, he, he was a little bit alone on the trainings and no one can push him really hard. And uh, now with Ari, I saw already in this training camp that these two guys can make something very, very special for uh, together. Uh, so I'm... Um, I look really looking forward to see that if Morten can step up even one more level. He was number five in the total last season, and uh, uh, I really hope that he can win some of the big races and that he can go on the podium on the on the yellow jersey. Of course, I want him to win it, but I know there is also a lot of other good athletes. Speaking of that, I mean, as you said, he's a great athlete. He's been around for so long, really experienced, a tough one. He's a good climber. But there's still something a bit missing in terms of him be becoming the number one. He has the capacity and potential. Uh, from your ex experienced eye, what does he need to do to become better than Nigo or better than uh, uh, Petelesen used to be and, 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 and so forth yeah, there is two ways to win races you should be so strong that you can go away from the other people or you need to have a, a sprint like Andreas Nygård or Emil Persson that you can win a, win a uh, sprint finish um, for Morten uh, he, as you say he is one of the highest capacity and he has won the climb jersey three times and he he's always there when it's uh, tough uphill races but maybe not maybe comparing to Emil Persson and, and uh, Andreas Nigor he has not the same finish so that's what he need to improve if he should start winning that kind of races otherwise he need to be even better <laughs> in the uphill so that he can go away from the other athletes and uh, one more thing with Morton is that he is a, he's a worker and uh, he always do the work in the in the group so maybe sometimes he should uh, wait a little bit and uh, uh, see that someone else can work in the group and that he can save the energy for the end so we will see if I can. <laughs> Maybe we can. Ah, we 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 will see. It's the new season coming, <laughs> and then we will see what we can uh, do during this uh, summer and autumn period. He's always been very offensive and maybe not always tactically, what do you call it, savvy that per se, but he has said that he doesn't really care that much. He just wants to go whenever he feels like it. And he seems to have all these qualities. I mean, you talked about the sprint, but he had, I mean, he still has a good sprint. He has been on a podium by sprinting fast at the end. Uh, and he's a good climber, so he should be able to be, and he has done that in the past as well, uh, to be able to uh, break away as well. So, uh, he, I mean, he's so close becoming, I mean, he's definitely up there, one of the best. But he has only won, he says, Kaparasatkat, the races, no other race. Do you think that's, that has become a bit of a, maybe a curse to him that he's like known as the Yiseska in a winner? No, but 
he has a good sprint to be number three to number six, but there is some guys who is faster. That's everybody know. And um, um, that is not too easy to say. I mean, that's uh, 20 more athletes who, uh, if they should win re races, they need to be better in the sprint. So it's not just only to say, try to be better in the sprint. Someone have it and someone not have it and you need to train a lot on it and and um so uh yeah we will see but also when you have been a little bit alone in the in the like you can see the especially the, the rugby guys they have so many ways to do a race and uh, make it more tactics and run away and us uh, and so on morten have been many times really quite alone and uh, that's not so easy nowadays to be alone um, and once again, together with Ari, I think we have a totally new situation for uh, Team uh, Ekohus this winter. So let's touch upon that issue, and, and we'll talk about Ari soon. But he also used to be very much a lone wolf by himself. So now you have two lone wolves together, working together, which is uh, could be, as you said, could be. it's an interesting scenario. And also could be very good for both of these guys. So let's talk about that a little bit. How much do you, tactically speaking, how much are you expecting these guys to work together? How much are you going to uh, uh, steering that direction that they should work together, two lone wolves now working together in order them to be on the podium? Uh, when you say uh, lone wolves, uh, I don't, I'll, um, um, my meaning is that Morten and Ari both are... Um, they have been a little bit alone in the teams as the high level they have. No other boys have had the same level. But as persons, they are not uh, alone wolves. They are team players. Morten is a really big team player. And what I have seen from Ari Lusoa, he's an extremely high, a big team player. And uh, yes, the impression about Ari was uh, amazing during this first week. So... I like him a lot as an athlete and as a person. And um, I think these two guys, they have already started working really good together. And uh, it's just beginning of July, so I cannot say so much more. But I hope and I'm really sure that they will help each other in the race in the winter. And, and uh, as a team director, I will tell them to what they should do. And we should, of course, work with... Uh, best possible tactic to uh, win races be on the podium and and uh, so on so we <laughs> let's see in winter Temo. <laughs> yeah honestly speaking i'm expecting those two to uh, uh conjure up some uh, breakaways here and there they are two strong skiers they can definitely do that and as you said there are two ways to win these races either sprinting really fast or breaking away and we will see <laughs> which one we will try to use. Good. And let's talk about Ari a little bit more. You kind of started talking about him a little bit. 30, 33 years old as well, just like uh, Moneda Pedersen. And you mentioned that you like him a lot, but he was a new face to you, uh, someone who you, who you didn't really know that that well. But now, based on kind of what you've seen, what are Ari's sort of strengths? And, and, and maybe then the weaknesses. What are the things that need, he needs to work on to be on the podium more often? Ari Lusa is for me a fighter. Uh, and and uh, he is strong. He's really strong. And uh, then I mean, 
in many ways but uh, when you come to to strange training he's really really strong and he 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 always give everything he's a really really fighter so uh, i think it's a little bit like uh, morton that he he he's working working very very hard and then and then but then if you compare with uh, maybe the absolutely best sprinter there uh, emil persson and andreas nygaard for the for the moment there is a little bit losing but we will see and we, of course we will try to improve this and make it uh, better also for him and then we, when also the same situation with morton when they are two guys they can have more tactic and they, we can we will use that of course uh, the coming winter that they are two on very very high high level but um, what i mean uh, when I before tell you that he, uh, he's a good guy also that when we have had all the meetings uh, the information from Espen me me and when we it's it's a big chance to be uh, in a team like Team Echoes but all it also the athletes need to work for it and they need to do what we tell them and uh, that's what Ari do and uh, I like it a lot so you know I'm from the military and. Uh, my way to bring this team forward is uh, maybe a hard way, but uh, I think it's the best way. So you have this kind of a military uh, approach to running yeah, a team? a little bit. I, of course, I bring that. That's my work and what I have learned and, and what uh, works in, in difficult situations. And, uh, and uh, to win races is not easy, so we will see. <laughs> And I also, I was going to say, I also had a, pl- a pleasure and honor to uh, to have Ari as my support or uh, forerunner when I did my Hanko Nuargam uh, roller ski. And it was from Rovaniemi to uh, Sorankula, 135 kilometers. We had a really nice tailwind and Ari and Isak Holmstrom helped me quite a lot. And we kept a really nice pace uh, way over 20 kilometers an hour and then Ari showed us how to ski really fast at the end we skied like 30 kilometers an hour you know when we're reaching reaching the uh, the confines of uh, Sodankula so uh, that was that was great to see uh, you know someone like that and ski with him and 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 so forth I I know of course he's from my my country my countrymen so I'm really have high expectations and hopes for him uh, Ari and and as you mentioned, him working together with Morton. So I think that's that's golden there. But let's move on. Then you have a young one, 22 year old Axel Jutteström. Uh, he's probably kind of an unknown name to many to many of us out there. But what do you want to say about this youngster? Yeah, he's a new name for me also. So. Uh... Uh, this is a little bit of a gambling or chancing from our side, but um, um, the Visma Ski Classic way to build up that they want uh, the um, the points and 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 uh, the way that they want to have uh, young athletes under 26 in 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 the tour, uh, I like, and uh, that means that we want to have some young athletes who really want to. Uh, um, go 100% for long distance skiing and uh, in Sweden it's uh, ah, a little bit uh, difficult situation with the uh, Swedish Federation who uh, say no to athletes young athletes to to make it possible to do a long distance skiing and uh, but Axel is one of of the the athletes who um, 
have decided that he wants to do long distance skiing and he did uh, two races last winter and then he have started making uh, more uh, double pulling during the spring now and he did a really good uh, Usha uphill race here and uh, then we have a discussion in he handy come as a uh, uh, hospital uh, athlete for uh, this uh, training camp and then uh, both Espen and me saw um, like what we saw and uh, once again not only what he did on the training uh, but also at, as he as a person and uh, we decide to take him in the team i want to come back to what you just said uh, that the swedish national association or is not encouraging young people to step into the long distance what did you mean with that saying no to uh, to long distance skiing Yes, uh, what should I say? But uh, you can say anything you, you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you are an athlete and you want to uh, make education on some of the Swedish, uh, do you call it high schools? No, that's uh, but um, for example in uh, Falun or uh, Östersund or Umeå, uh, also after the high school, it's uh, you. Uh, Högskola på svenska, men what's the name in English, Ari? Uh, it's, I mean, after the, it's, a, it's a either, either college or university. Oh, college, ah. Yeah. So, sorry. Uh, uh, when you want to make the college or university, for example, uh, Falun and uh, Östersund or Umeå, uh, you cannot come in one of these places if you are doing long distance skiing. Then you're not allowed to have one of the places. Um and uh, also if you are some of the in some of the teams uh, and uh, want to do long distance if it's fit in the program in the end of the season and so on you are not allowed to be in some team from the start of the season so yeah i i think it's a very strange way they are acting I mean, for me, skiing is uh, sprint, traditional skiing, long distance skiing. And uh, if some of my athletes in the team want to do uh, some of the sprint or uh, traditional race in the start of the season, or if they want to do it during the season between uh, some long distance race, I will not say it forbid, forbid them to do it. So, uh, but that's the way the Swedish uh, National Association is working at the moment, and I cannot understand why. That's interesting to hear. I didn't know that it did. Uh, that's the way they work. I mean, it should be definitely more transparent and and more more cooperation. I mean, as you said, skiing is skiing. Doesn't really matter if you do sprint or traditional or long distance. And and all of us, of course, are happy to see that long distance skiing is also uh, thriving. Uh, and this is the only sport where the top athletes can uh, ski together with the big mass, which is the beauty of the of the kind of the nature and the beauty of our, our sport. But uh, so Axel, okay, so he's the young guy who is now uh, focusing on long distance skiing. And you mentioned he's a, a strong one. Naturally, I assume that your uh, expectations can be that high uh, for him, but where would you see him kind of fitting in the picture? What kind of places are you expecting him, him to be able to reach? 
Ah, for me, the first season from him is a see and learning season and he will not do all the races uh, the first year. We will look out what kind of races he will do. He will do many races, but not every race. Uh, I mean, that's his first year in the long distance skiing for him and, and uh, we need to build him up for making, uh, so growing in, in the right way. Uh, so uh, he was uh, 49 in Vasaloppet and uh, without any special training for long distance skiing and uh, with his age of 22 year old I think it's good uh, and uh, everything better than that is, is a step forward and um, we will also use him as a helper um, uh, <laughs> what do you say in English a helper for, for Morten and, and I was Iris. going to ask I was going to ask you about that if 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 he's going to help Morten and Ari a little bit be a little bit of a forerunner for them or support skier uh, here yes. and there yes that's of course the plan and he wants to do it and that's also one of the way I I mean when you when you come in a team and he was very very happy to train with uh, Ari and Morten and uh, he think he can learn a lot from them and also that he can um, be a, a support skier and uh, in 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 the races if something happened with uh, with our two big boys and then hopefully in some year he is one of the big boys and then there comes some new youngster who have the the the, the other uh, <laughs> work in the team yeah that's the kind of the thing right now that we have a lot of young skiers performing so well uh, Emil Parson, for example, being the winner, uh, the champion. Uh, so uh, maybe in a few years, we'll see Axel up there as well. So those are the three guys in your team, Modnede Pedersen, Alusua, and Axel Jutteström. And then you have three women, Linsem Skar, Hedda Bongman, and Karolina Hedeström. So let's talk about Linsem Skar first. She is the oldest, 32 year, years old, and she had her first year in Bismarcki Classics uh, last winter. Yes, uh, I mean, she had been uh, in the Swedish national team as a sprinter and podium in the World Cup in sprint and she had a, a lot of experience with that kind of skiing and she also world championship uh, winner in ruler skiing. So um, ah, she, she has a lot of experience. Last year she changed to long distance skiing and of course it's you need to change the training and uh, uh, unfortunately she had problems after la diagonela get problems during la diagonela with her hands and she missed uh, some races and they come back to uh, first uh, to vasaloppet but there was many weeks without not not so good training and she was a little bit like andreas Nygordin, but in the hand uh, also in the hands so um she ended up uh, with sixth place in the Orefjell's uh, Loppet in the longest and hardest race and she was number three in Shevasan. Uh, so that was the first see and learning season for her as a long distance skier and now I have st stepped in as a trainer for her and uh, the whole year and then uh, we will see what we can do for the coming winter. Uh, I have high uh, expectations on Lynn and I believe in her a lot. Uh, so um, I hope maybe in not this winter she can uh, be together with the first absolutely best athletes, but she will come closer and closer to uh, Lena Korsgren and Emily Fleten and uh, Ida Dahl. Uh, 
Uh, and she's a good sprinter in the end, so I hope that in some of the more flatter races and uh, with high speed that she can really try to uh, fight with them in, for the winning or for podium. Since you are now her, uh, her coach, uh, trainer, as you said, what have you changed in her training? I have not changed so much, but uh, of course, uh, I, we, I already once a year ago di- di- discussed the training with her. And uh, uh, when you step over to long distance skiing, many people believe that you uh, only should do a lot of uh double pulling and only double pulling but uh, I think that this is even if you have a, a many years with training you need to be a little bit uh, think about what you are doing because if you start doing uh, double pulling every day four or five hours it's easy to get some injuries in the with the hands and and uh, so on and uh, so we would discuss already once year ago what some small changes in the training and now I think she's ready for doing the big changes to go over with the even more longer sessions and so on uh, with the roller skiing and then with the skiing of course and so on so uh, but you need to still have the capacity you need still to be a good sprinter in there and so you cannot only do one thing there is uh, small changes can do uh, a lot and we will try to improve the to be better in the last uh, in the in the last 25% in in the races for the coming winter than the last season I think this is a good time to talk about your training philosophy a little a little bit since you are uh, training or coaching uh, some of these athletes in your team. What are kind of the principles that you go by? Oh, there is so many things, but uh, um, I think that my way to look at an athlete is to see what is the strong uh, things and what uh, is not so strong what you need to improve and then start working with uh, this part uh, because many athletes want to do everything uh, directly you should be stronger you should be faster you should be more uh, have more um, um, be better in longer distance and so on and when you want to do everything it's 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 not enough with time for recovery it's not enough with time for doing this good so uh, i think we you need to focus in in blocks or in maybe you need to decide this year we should try to improve these two things um, and uh, and always in the background you need to have a, a lowest level on the capacity i mean if you are really really strong in the gym or if you can go a 200 kilometer roller ski in slow speed that's good of course but you cannot win races uh, if you don't have uh, some minimum level of uh, vo2 max or what you call it um, intensive trainings and then the sprints yeah, and stuff yeah what's your ratio between the kind of the endurance training and then the more intensive trainings the vo2 max what do you mean? Uh, I mean, how, how uh, generally speaking, uh, ratio, I mean, how many percentage? Yeah. Uh, big, as, you, as you know, top athletes tend to do like 
almost 90% or 80, over 80% of endurance, then strength, 7% strength training depends on the athletes. And even Evo, for example, even he's kind of then only about less than 10% of uh, really intensive uh, uh, trainings. But what's for long distance skiing? I, I have the same philosophy there, but then you can think about if you should do it in like two high intensive sessions in one week and rest, endurance training, uh, slower training, or if you should have it in blocks with some weeks with uh, seven, eight, nine high intensive uh, sessions and then some periods with uh, more lower um, uh, lower level on the training and lower intensity of the training. So I think there is two ways, a little bit different way to act. And, and for me, the, um, doing the same thing in, in Sweden, you call it monotont. Uh, so doing the monotony, uh, that's, that's not good um, because the body like to do the same thing the whole time. And when you stress it on some new thing, you can take new level, new steps. So for me, it's the... Um, changing of the training a little bit but of course you need to look what have the best athletes during uh, the last uh, third year done and uh, they have done something good and of course you should look at that and then you can start thinking about what is the uh, bike athletes doing because they are we are not uh, out for 21 days like to the france but we have uh, long long competitions uh, two to six or five hours and that's a little bit more like what they are doing in the one day's competition so i think you can look in different kind of sports and take some good things from other um, uh, sports also to bring in uh, but then you have the i mean there is so many things you need to have like the technique the strange uh, the endurance or uh, as to be out uh, possible to be out for a long time and then you have the high capacity the vo2 max so there is many things you need to put together to being a good long distance skier and also the 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 sprint in the in in the end uh, so it's not too easy to say you should do this or this or this it's for me depending a lot of what kind of athlete and also how old the athlete is if it's an athlete in 20 year old or 35 year old it's totally different what they should focus on on my way to look at this i mean you're right i mean long distance skiing probably the most versatile in terms of you know the training because you have to have all these qualities and you also have to be able to go long and fast and it sounds to me that you are a firm believer in pluck training that that's probably the best way of uh, reaching the goal that you have in mind uh, now but, but what i mean is if you want to be stronger for example and you want to do some improve other then you need to have some period with focus on that it's not enough with one strange session in a week if you want to be stronger two okay it's good maybe you should have three and then you need to take something other away uh, not just push too much too much too much and then ah, then you will be injured or you will have be sick or you will have periods with uh, not good training so for me you need i have I, I have different focus on the training in different periods during the year yes 
Good. Let's continue with the uh, teammates. So that was Lynn Semscott, and then we talked about their training and your training philosophy. But then Hedda Bongman, 26 years old, uh, she's been around as well. What's your take on her? Yeah, for Hedda Bongman, she was a good junior athlete, and then she was moving to USA. She was studying skiing there, and then last she arrived home and she want to do long distance skiing uh, so she the last season was also see and learning season for her and there is many many things she can she learned and uh, um, can improve for the coming winter so I think still Hedda, even if she's not in the youth class anymore, she move up to the next level uh, 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 or the next age group. And uh, she, but uh, she she have a lot of things to improve, and I hope she can be make uh, even better results uh, next uh, winter. What do you think is kind of a realistic goal for her? Top ten, top six. No, I think for next season it can be realistic to be a, try to be a top ten athletes in in many races. Uh, that's that should be uh, that should be very good if she can do it. And then you have uh, Carolina Hederström. She's still in the in the youth class, only twenty years old and the youngest in your yes, team. Yes, she has a lot of years in the in the youth class uh, left. So, yeah. I, she started skiing four years ago, and uh, that means that she has not um, experience and uh, knowledge about uh, skiing as many other who have started with this as children, and she have not competed so much and so on. But she really likes long distance skiing, and she wants to be better. Um, she uh, was in Lager 157 last season, but uh, she's uh, she don't get any place there for the coming winter and uh, when we was looking for these young girls and boys who really want to do long distance skiing and uh, 100% she was one of the names uh, who, who come up for us and uh, we decide to uh, take her in, the, her in the team and and we will try to build her up for um, uh, the future and uh, she is also the for uh, she will have man, maybe two three years as a senior learning seasons and and uh, she will not do any race uh, every race the coming winter she will do some races and we will improve more and more races the coming season and then can also be challenger when event home in sweden or uh, there is a lot of good uh, long distance race in sweden also and we should try to build her up uh, in a smart way to uh, be uh, and she had a really good technique uh, so I think that can be good for the future uh, the, there is other things she need, need to improve to be she was number 15 in one race and we can say between 15 and 13 in the race she did last season so if she can she can come up to being around 15 in more races for the coming season that should be uh, really good and she's solely putting her focus on long-distance skiing. That's her goal. Yes, only long-distance skiing. And that's the, all the athletes in our team now. But as I say, if they want to do some short races as training in this beginning of the season, of course they are free to do it from the team side. 
Good. So these are the six skiers, a pro team athletes in your team. Once again, Mordena Pedersen, Ari Lusua, Axel Jutteström, the guys, and then Lin Schemskar, Hedda Bongman, and Carolina Hedeström. But then... Uh, Three guys behind the scenes, you being one of them, you talk about you a little bit later on. But uh, you mentioned a couple of times Espen Treldal. He's a sports director in your team and he was formerly in the Team Nordic Athlete. He's 49 years old. What do you want to say about your partner? <laughs> He's a lot to say about Espen Treldal, but uh, he lives for this and he really wants to succeed with the with the team and he spent a lot of hours to working with the team and we are doing this team together and he uh, contacted me seven years ago and he wants help with the training and first I say no I don't have time for this when I was uh, elite active by myself but then after a lot of uh, mails and uh, Uh, telephone call I uh, decided that we can meet up in Orlando and we meet up in Orlando once time while I was flying um, was stopping there when I was out flying and uh, I decided to help him with the training and uh, he went from um, I think about 1200 in Vasalop to be a, a really good uh, skier nowadays and uh, the last year I've been with the pandemic so I've no, he had not had the chance to ski but I think he maybe today is around 200-250 in, in Vasaloppet uh, as her, his level. So he's a good uh, skier also uh, and um, he um, he wants to bring the, this team to be a really successful uh, team. He is a former uh, um, chef uh, and he is really good in making uh, food. So, for example, now in the training camp here in Ekwe, the athletes did uh, breakfast by themselves. We catering the lunch, but he did uh, dinner for uh, all the evenings for uh, athletes. So, and uh, he have done a lot of good dinners for me also many times. <laughs> well, that's a good specialty <laughs> indeed. Uh, but how do you guys work together? You're a team leader. He's a sports uh, director. I tell him what he should do. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, we he have... tells you. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me. He, he, he is the boss for the team. So, so I mean, um, he is the boss for the team. I, I'm, I'm employer and I'm work as a team director. And in fact, he is the boss for the team. So we are doing this together, as I say. And uh, we have split up that we have uh, different. Uh, so I, I um, responsible for uh, what we are doing. Uh, but we always talk about it and we have meeting nearly every day or every second day to go through things uh, what we should do or not do and and uh, we are uh, this is still the beginning of this team and uh, there will come much more in the future and then you have a third person 27 year old uh, service director or boxing guy frederick andrea and he used to race himself as well all the way until he was twenty three years old, um, and he's been a part of the Swedish national team as a uh, part of the service team member, correct? So, what do you want to say about Frederick? Uh, once again, a new name for me, uh, uh, but um, we want one person who uh, 
was educated to do this 100% uh, the the work and uh, he will only work with uh, us during the winter and he's free from his normal work on land students and in fallen so i can say thank you to them for giving me free during the winter um, uh, and uh, um, he was responsible for the just gliding wax and the um, handmade structure two years in the swedish national team so i think we have find a good person uh, and uh, when i talk with Every uh, people who know him well uh, from the waxing, they uh, because he is not so the name is not so uh, fam- familiar or or uh, for, for so many. But uh, he is a worker and he's not a talker, <laughs> and he he is a hard worker and um, that's uh, I like a lot. So I think uh, we have find something good and everybody have just. Uh, nice words to say about him as a person and as uh, and uh, that he have a lot of knowledge about the, the waxing so now we have starting with the athlete skis and uh, look at uh, um, the brands and the, and also the structures and then he have start up uh, with everything around we all stuff we should have for the for the winter so yeah i i, I really looking forward to cooperate and it's fun to learn and to new learning new people also for for my side so now we've gone through your roster the whole whole team uh they have guys in the front you know the athletes and then of course you three behind the scenes except we have to talk about you a little bit more we did that a little bit after the vasa lopez uh podcast uh, when you were my guest but That'll be next. We'll talk about Oscar Svat now and a little bit take a look back uh, in the kind of the walk down memory lane and, of course, your Vasalopet victories. So, guys out there, stay tuned for that. That'll be the last part of the podcast. So, Oscar, I know that you are still active. Of course, you're running your team. So you have your hands full there. We're working with your athletes, uh, but you're also actively training every day. So um, tell us about your training and why do you train so much? First of all, I train because uh, I like to train. I like to push the body and see the limit. And um, 2016, I did my last um, race as an elite Vasa skier, and then I have decided to stop. I have also some problems with the back the, the last year. Um, and then I, I, I go back to my military work as a chief of the sports department in the Göta Ingenieur, Ingenieur Regiment in Ekö. And I was working 100% here. Um, the Swedish army have some athletes, they, um, or some people and some sportsmen, they um, help with the time for training. Um, and we have an adventure racing team called Swedish Armed Forces Adventure Racing Team. And the team is in fourth person, is one woman or girl and three men or boys. And um, they have asked me some years before also about being a part of the team. And 
when I was uh, had two years with uh, not uh, competing uh, and no goals, like uh, I I was missing it a lot. And uh, then I uh, when I got a new question to be in the team, I I I answered yes. And then I'm so now I'm a member of this of the adjunct racing team we have, uh, and that's the reason why I train a lot. Let's talk about that a little bit. What kind? I mean, you're part of the team, but what is adventure racing per se? What kind of? Uh, what do you guys do, and what kind of tra- races do you have, and where do you have those races, and so forth? Yeah. My first experience was the World Championship uh, in the autumn 2018, and uh, that was on Reunion, uh, African island. But after just three, four hours in the race, I was falling in in a river and uh, hit my ribs, and uh, I broke two or three of them, (laughs) and had a lot of pain. And uh, it went, but it it was okay. I after some 30 minutes I was feeling a little bit better and we was pushing on for 30-40 hours but then it was so much pain so we need to stop the race because I, I couldn't uh, paddling or biking or lifting the bike with that so that was my first experience from the long from this type of adventure racing but what you can say it about it is mountain biking it's trekking or running or walking depending on what kind of uh, um, nature you are in and how many uh, hills or mountains there is uh, and then it's also paddling and different kind of river paddling or, or ocean paddling or sea paddling uh, that's the main things you also have some uh, climbing um, like uh, uh, with the uh, down especially in 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 with the with the climb uh, ah, like you can you, the whole team is is doing this also but that is a small part of uh, of of the race and uh, the adventure races in the world cup as i have done now two big of them they are between 3 and 6 days and that's non stop competitions so before the pandemic 2019 we won the race between Åre and Ålesund in uh, from Sweden to Norway and now after the pandemic last year 2020 there was no races and now in June we won the World Cup in Stockholm uh, it's uh, about uh, four days uh, competition or not only days, nights also. Uh, and then, in fact, we beat uh, three of the top uh, six teams in the world ranking. So that was the best result for me and the teams. For me so far, the team have been number three in the world championship and number four uh, before I come in the, in, the, in, the, in the team. And now we will go in the first week in uh, October to Spain for the world championship. So that keeps cha- I mean, it keeps changing a little bit. It's not always the, it's not a standard, correct? I mean, you, uh, the distances keep changing and so forth every yeah. time. It's the 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 winning time is between three and six uh, uh, days, uh, and in some race you need to stop and sleep for some hour. They have sp- like spot times for that, but in some race you it's up to yourself if you sleep or not. So now our l- last race was. 
72 hours uh, and we were sleeping uh, three hours totally in that race and uh, the if there is paddling or mountain bike or trekking the uh, the event can choose uh, so i mean when we was in stockholm for example there was more paddling than normal because they want to show up the nice area outside stockholm uh, there is no big mountains in Stockholm, but when we come to when we was in Norway, for example, there is both fjords and also a lot of mountains, and then it's more times on the on the trekking, for example. And in Spain now in the World Championship, there will be quite much trekking and also a lot of high meter, uh, both in the mountain biking and the trekking, and not so much uh, paddling comparing to the race in Stockholm, for example. So how do you deal with that when you don't sleep that much? I know I've done a lot of you know long distances and twenty fours and you know my uncle you know Uchokyo Norgam roller skiing, but at least I I had a had a you know good uh, decent uh, at least at some kind of a sleep uh, in between uh, you know the uh, you know my my day days. But you know you guys just go without sleeping for so long. Do you start hallucinating or I mean like? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, that's uh, in uh, in the race in Norway. I all the stones on the mountains was uh, houses for me, and I start talking about uh, with other people in the team. Can you see the house? Can you see? There's many houses. And when we was on the river, all uh, the stones was people lying there for bath. Uh, and there was a uh, oh, yeah yeah. Then it was not 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 so good, but. But you fix more than you think you will uh, fix, and uh, for me, the, there is. Uh, I like to check what is the limit for the body. But when we have now the last races was sixty hours without any sleeping at all, and the last ten hours was uh, then I understand that my head was not working so good because I the navigator in the team all this. Both in the rear, uh, in the paddling, in the mountain bike, and in the trekking, day and night, I should say. In day is quite easy to to, to navigate, but the, in night it's not so easy. Then I do the navigation, and then it means that my head need to be quite clear to not make any big mistakes. And uh, the last ten hour in the race now, that was there was my limit for what I can do or not can do. So how do you fight that sleep deprivation? How do you prevent it? We try to sing, we try to push each other and uh, like <laughs> talk sometimes and uh, help uh, the one who, I mean, when you are running or trekking, uh, then you need to look where you put the um, feet and so on. But the, the most difficulties on the bike and the most dangerous also when you start sleeping on the bike and you go down and crash and so on, then you can hurt a lot. In the canoeing you are sitting or paddling you are sitting two and two in the in the in the kayaks and then if one someone is sleeping a little bit it's no problem you just uh, sleep for some seconds and then you wake up again and then you go on with the with the paddling so that's not so difficult but in the bike there is quite that's that's um, dangerous I should say. Do you drink a lot of coffee or energy drinks just to stay awake? Yeah, there's some caffeine we are using. The coffee is not so easy so because we are not supported. You need to have all the, the, 
the energy uh, and the drink uh, with you so for each leg i should say so when you have a, for example a biking session in 220 kilometer like the last one in that uh, race you need to bring all the energy for that one on the bike uh, and then of course you need to stop on some lakes or rivers or you can go in some uh, shop and buy things if you want but then it's in the middle of the night maybe it's not open so you need to fix that by yourself and also in the uh, running and so on uh, but caffeine tablets you can use during the night to stay awake and then when the sun comes up in the morning the body feel like now it's morning and then you start getting a little bit more fresher anyway now i'm going to ask you a question that's been asked uh, or i've been asked so many times and when i do this kind of endurance things is the recovery how do you recover from that and that was a question that was asked you know when i did my roller skiing and, and how long did it take to recover well for me it was about a week i i kept training but it took me a week to kind of recover and feel strong again but what about when you guys do something like that and you can't sleep when do you feel recovered for the first uh three four days races then you can say one week for each uh day um, but when you come up to the five six days competition then it's even more than five or six weeks to re really recover to be fresh again so for this race we have uh, 72 hours was the uh, winning time and i should can say that there was yeah, like three weeks to be back in normal uh, not only the physical the mental and the energy level and and the, the the first week after this kind of competitions you are what should i say you are you you feel like you are a little bit stupid and you i don't drinking so much alcohol uh, and, and nearly no alcohol but sometimes i drink a little bit and uh, i i feel uh, the way i was fe feeling when i do it that, that's the same feeling i have for one week or two after these kind of competitions that you are a little bit stupid and slow and <laughs> tired all the time yeah is it kind of a hangover you're right yeah, a little it, bit it, like it is a hangover hair. exactly uh, but th then you can't really have that many races in a year if the recovery takes that long. No, two or three races is the maximum. So many of the best teams do one race in the spring and one world championship in the autumn. Or you can do one early in the spring, one in the summer and one in, the, in October or November is the world championship uh, time. And when is your next big one? Uh, we will do some... Uh, small shorter races uh, like 12 hour and 24 hour races in in august uh, september but then the next one is the first week in in october the world championship in spain so that we are really really focused on and the goal is to come up on the on the podium and so that's what we are now starting training we can say that the recovery time we we come to the finish uh, uh, 8-9 of June then we was uh, ready with the last race and now we have had these three weeks for uh, for recovery and uh, you can say for me it was I start up the training together with the, with the team here in Eko in the running and the biking I was together with the boys uh, for the sessions and when they do did the roller ski I was on the mountain bike with my iPad for the for the taking film and so on so i have trained nearly the same as them but changing out to mountain bike instead of roller ski and that is quite much more easier 
Speaking of which, you know, how do you train? How do you train for something like that? You can't go go for days on. <laughs> No, I, I train some capacity periods with high intensity training and then I have some really long sessions on bike or hiking or um, and, and the canoeing and paddling is more the technique for me to try to be better because before I start with this adventure racing I was uh, I had no good technique at all in, in that and that, that's what I still need to improve to be a better um, adventure racer or multi-sport uh, competitor. Uh, and uh, also in these races we bring like I can say between 3 and uh, 13 kilo in the backpack depending on how much you need to bring on so uh, when I say tracking or walking when you have 13 kilo on the on the back it's not so it's not possible like to run and when it's uh, a lot of high meter also so that's what I mean but when you have just three or four or five kilo or six kilo you can run especially when it's flat it's no problem at all so when I'm out I can have sessions like between 30 and 50 kilometer running with with uh, eight uh, kilo on my, in the in the backpack so I need to train for for that. And I know that you still uh, uh, do quite a lot of skiing, at least in the wintertime. And you always do Vasalope, kind of the epic spore. And really fast, like this year, I think your time was like uh, on way under four hours, uh, correct? So you still ski a lot. Yeah, uh, here in Ekwe, we have uh, artificial snow. And I try to ski between January and April when we have the uh, possibility to do it here. And then I go some weeks with my family or alone. Uh, for some nice place uh, during the winter to uh, ski. Uh, I've been up in Volodal and, and Idre and Usha and so on for, for nice training weeks. Uh, uh, then I train a lot uh, during that weeks. And yes, I did amazing Vasalopet uh, Thursday before I was the race director on Vasalopet for uh, looking at the track uh, and see if there was some parts where you need to... Uh, put on snow or uh, how the how the situation was on the track and i had 347 but it was it was the same good uh, conditions as uh, nearly it was not the whole way but half of the way was really really good and it was amazing conditions on on Vasalopet uh, this week so uh, it was fun and I did it uh, totally alone and and uh, without <laughs> with my own drink belt. So it was it was cool. It was really really cool. Yeah. So you could have been really high up there uh, in in actual race with that result. You know, with the full service and uh, people around you and so forth. You could have been top fifty, I guess, pretty easily. That can. Uh, <laughs> I was not there, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe that's can other people think about. <laughs> but let's talk about Vasalopet. You are a three-time winner and it's a special race. You've uh, been in the top 10 for so many times. I think it was like 13 years in a row, something like that. Uh, you definitely, you, you can be called a Vasalopet skier. But what do you want to know when it's a little bit of time before uh, you do the Vatsalopet every year, kind of the Epit Sport, but it's been a, a while since uh, 2016, since you finished uh, your career. How, do, When you look back, how do you think about it now? What does Vatsalopet mean to you now and all the victories and all the races you've done and the history that you have with the event? I, 
Maybe I've said it many times, but when I was a children, I was watching the Vasalopet on the television with my parents, and then I was start dreaming about can I do it one day? And '99, when I did my first race, I was stocked or what you say that was like one I said that was totally amazing everything around not only the race but the days before the atmosphere and when I was number nine as a 22 year guys and I beat so many good athletes that I never have beat before in the normal 15 kilometer race and then the 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 long distance dream like was starting and then i was up there for many years and 2003 i won my first race and yeah i think vasalov is is the most important race for me and uh, like the, that was the chance for me to get come out and do the fis marathon cup the long distance cup uh, those days uh, because I have a chance to get some own sponsors and de- then there was no teams but I have amazing clubs uh, helping me so left you ski club uh, Tverit EF, Ullesams EF and Volodalen ski club and uh, also uh, Fischwarts uh, uh, sport club and um, I have helps from these uh, clubs and own sponsors, and I I can do more and more races in in the in the in the cup. And but every year Vasalopet was the most important race for me. I I remember still when I was, for example, number three in Marcialonga in the end of January. My thought was already in in Vasalopet, and 90 kilometer was my my. Uh, as long as the race was, as better it was for me. And uh, yeah, you are right. 14 times top nine and, and uh, three victories. So that was my favorite competition. Why were you so good at, at Vasalopet? It's a flat, long, it's not completely flat. I mean, there are some hills, of course. Uh, but why did that particular race suit you so well? I, I won Yuserska also three times and that's the most L1 together with after Birken that in that moment the most the, the, the second most hilly race and uh, uh, so I don't think so much that it was because only of the course profile or so on but I think that was the length of the race and but mostly all that that was the race I was focused on I was skiing all the other race and I always tried to do my best of course when I'm the starting line but when I put up my training program for the year and um, it's not so easy to be in top shape for December to April. Uh, you always go a little bit up and down. But for me, the focus on the races in February was not high uh, and I did some of them. But always the Vasalopet was in, 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 in my head or that was my big goal. And, uh, the... The true is that if you win Vasalopet, that's no matter what you do on the other race during the whole year. You can be latest, and you can be number one hundred in all other races if you win Vasalopet. So that's how big <laughs> Vasalopet is. And I've been told that it's Vasalopet is. I'm not so sure if this is uh, true, but it's the third biggest brand in Sweden. So. By winning that so many times and doing it so well, you must have become a household name. Every Swede uh, must know you. Is that correct? 
I don't think uh, every Swede knows me, but I think all, any, um, most of all people who is interested in skiing, they know me, and many people who are interested in sport know me. Uh, so, and but you know, there always come new stars, new people, new winners. And but in in Småland, in Ekö, in in my hometown, Ulricehamn, and in other places, then I think many people know me. And, it's quite fun when you come go to example for the uh, today when you should bring out a post um, a packet or something and when you show up the leg- legitimation then who oh, are you Oscar the Vasalopetski yeah they don't know me as a, like they don't see me and say the, just my my um, face but uh, when they saw my name together with the uh, with the face then <laughs> and the name then they know that i'm the vasalopet winner <laughs> so i think i will live with this and uh, i like to live with this and it's very very fun when people come and ask for autograph or or will we want to take a photo so that's yes yes fun and then when you look back your whole career your long career not just vasalopet but this musky classics even uh, way be, uh, uh, beyond that and before that what are kind of the, when you look back now, you kind of, I wouldn't really say, you know, the learnings, but what are you taking or what did you take from your long, long career when you look back? What did you get, what did your career give you? Uh, it gives me a lot. Uh, uh, I mean, the results is one thing, but I, I have seen a lot of nice places and I be, meet a lot of nice persons which I have still have good contact with. Um, and then for me as an athlete who don't have the same chance as the athletes today, when I start with the long distance skiing, I need to fight for the money. I need to fight for uh, having the possibility to go out and sponsor it. And I need to save money. I need to organize. And um, I need to be extremely structured. I, I have worked during my whole career beside the, the skiing. And it's not possible to do if you don't are an athletes uh, 350 say 356 states during the year and 24 hour every every day like uh, I, I have been extremely structured and uh, to I, I have bring that on in my normal uh, life also um, so that's what I hope I can help the athletes in the team today also to be and some of them are good at that some of them need to be better and let's talk about a little bit about your work. Um, you've you have told us that you are in the military. You work in a kind of a special sports division. But what do you do exactly, and what is kind of your uh, normal day? Uh, that, uh, it's a it's a fun work because I do a lot of different things. But we have everything from competitions like uh, against the different regiments. In, in Sweden and their uh, own re- competitions in our Ingtor Göta Ingenjörregimente and then we have also the healthy part that every people should train three hour of the 40 hour um, work week and uh, that's that's uh, that's not free if you want to do it or not you should do it that's an order to both the healthy part and then also to fix the work and uh, to have the right level for your uh, um, 
what 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 you are specially doing in in the in the army or in the in the in the Swedish armed forces, uh, depending on what kind of of level and how much you are carrying, how much you need to be out and so on. So we have the toughest uh, uh, guys or girls, and and then we have more e not more easier um, also. So I think we have a lot of this and and I have a gym here in the regiment which I'm responsible. We have a sport hall. We have a, a training uh, tracks uh, which I put out the team on last week to run, uh, and we have um, a lot. Of, we have mountain bikes for for. Uh, Boring for training and we have ruler skis and we have skis during the winter so we are working very very active that uh, they can train in different kinds of training depending on age and some illness and uh, injuries on, and so on and everything is to have uh, the best possible uh, physical level uh, not the best possible but exact acceptable uh, physical level for all the employers in in Jota Ingenjör Regimente. And I assume that you like your job quite a lot. Yes, I like the job and I like when people uh, train. If someone is training a lot and, and someone wants to start, I mean, everybody, my philosophy is as everybody starting one level and uh, even if it's high or low, it's not so big matter for me. Of course, it's fun when someone is running fast or, or, or so on, but uh, I think when people decide and, and want to do something and take and, and, and try to be better and, and want to learn more and get inspired. Uh, so that, that's what I, I really, really like with my work. I mean, I help someone with a training program or they come to us uh, on, on, on my um, department here uh, and we help them and then they come back and uh, after two months or three months and then they tell us oh i have tried i've trained like your program and now i'm i'm feeling this and i want to even be even better can you help me once again yes then i'm satisfied and very happy about my work and then finally before i let you go uh, one thing we haven't talked about one aspect of your life is of course your family I'm not I'm not married, but I live together with uh, Kari Eje, a former biathlon athlete from Norway, and we have a small uh, child, Julia, and she's two and a half year now, and and I'm really proud uh, a proud fa father of her, and uh, I'm proud I'm very happy uh, about my. Um, girlfriend Kari, uh, Kari that she uh, makes uh, help me and makes um, it possible for me to still train work in the in the military and and uh, uh, do this uh, work with the team and try to build up uh, team equipment so uh, without her on the side it's uh, not been possible because yeah, as I say, the the day have just twenty four hours, and and um, yeah, sometimes maybe it's a little bit too too much. But um, still, I I I can um, uh, arrange it, and uh, we will see after October if I uh, if I'm ready with my uh, training then, and uh, if we 
win the world championship i'm i'm maybe maybe i'm satisfied or otherwise i maybe do one more year but we 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 will see and uh, if i can fix it that's uh, but without Kari and uh, it had not been possible so a big 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 thank you to to her and and, and i also want to have time with julia and uh, she's growing all the time and uh, that's uh, that's amazing and it gives me a lot of energy and as a last thing, uh, if you had a crystal ball in your hand, what would you see there uh, for next season, particularly in terms of your own team? Where are you guys at come the winter 2020? I will see a season without the COVID-19 problems uh, um, and a good season with a lot of snow and uh, nice races and uh, um, uh, I hope that uh, Team Mekhus can be a team, a visible team with uh, some podium places uh, during the season. And uh, most important with the team is that everybody um, grows as athletes and develop. Uh, I mean, someone starts from a really high level and someone is starting from a much more lower level. And, but for me and Espen, the most important thing is that everybody is developing. And uh, for me, it's no matter if, if the athlete is a famous athlete or a new athlete, uh, everybody uh, is important for Espen and me. Thank you very much, Oscar Svad. It's been really a long but a great podcast. And I wish you all the luck with your team and, of course, uh, with your uh, World Championships in October. Uh, I think you guys will do extremely well there. Thank you very much, Timo. It's been a pleasure to be here and uh, I hope you have uh, recovered from your ruler ski, uh, long ruler ski um, um, event. So, um, and good luck also in the in, the, in your try to beat the 24-hour uh, record. Thank you very much. Uh, that, that'll I do. I need some luck there as well when I try to beat, beat that uh, come uh, February uh, at the Olympic Stadium in Stockholm. But once again, thank you, Oscar. And you people out there, thank you very much for listening once again. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And of course, remember to enjoy the summer. Bye-bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.